Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Thursday, August 1st, and this is your FT News Briefing. The Federal Reserve goes ahead with its first interest rate reduction since the global financial crisis, and the Trump administration imposes sanctions on Iran's foreign minister. Plus, other companies are worried that their data has been caught up in the Capital One security breach, and Qualcomm reports a dimmed fourth-quarter outlook. And Jude Weber, the FT's correspondent in Mexico City, talks with me about the country's second-quarter GDP data being much lower than what President Andres Manuel López Obrador has promised. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Going into Wednesday, it was widely expected the Federal Reserve would cut U.S. interest rates. And the U.S. Central Bank did just that to the tune of 25 basis points. The reduction comes even though U.S. unemployment remains near record lows, and consumption has remained resilient. But Fed officials are concerned about persistently low inflation, which is running below the central bank's 2% target. FT Markets reporter Colby Smith was watching how investors reacted on Wednesday. U.S. equity markets sold off after the Fed announced that it is cutting interest rates. The dollar rose against its peers, and you had Treasury yields spiking initially before falling, indicating a rise in price. And the market uh, response was pretty mixed because the message coming out of the Fed was equally confusing. Investors were expecting the Fed to kind of lay the groundwork for another interest rate cut in September. And that's where the Fed really disappointed. Jay Powell said that the cut in July was, quote, a mid-cycle adjustment. The committee is really thinking of this as a way of adjusting policy to a somewhat more accommodative stance to insure against downside risks, to provide support to the economy, and then to support inflation. And noted that it wasn't the start of a longer, more aggressive easing cycle. So it fed investors fears that, you know, the Fed isn't going to move potentially as much or as aggressively as they once thought when it comes to easing monetary policy. And that led risk assets to take a hit as well. And people were confused because it seemed as though Chair Powell was trying to temper market expectations of interest rate cuts in the future while also justifying the need to do more to shore up the U.S. economy. And investors weren't the only ones disappointed by the Fed. U.S. President Donald Trump tweeted the quote, as usual, Powell let us down. The Trump administration has imposed sanctions on Iran's foreign minister. U.S. Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin said that Mohammad Javad Zarif, quote, implements the reckless agenda of Iran's supreme leader. A senior official told the FT that the administration felt that Mr. Zarif was serving as a, quote, propaganda minister, not a foreign minister. The move against Mr. Zarif is part of Washington's maximum pressure campaign against Tehran. These sanctions come a month after the U.S. sanctioned Iranian supreme leader Ayatollah Ali Khamenei. The Trump administration has been increasing pressure on Iran for talks on striking an agreement to replace the 2015 international nuclear deal that Mr. Trump withdrew from last year. More companies are worried that they might have been swept up in the Capital One data security breach. On Monday, the U.S. bank said that more than 100 million credit card holders and applicants in the U.S. and Canada had their sensitive data stolen by a hacker. 
The Justice Department arrested a former Amazon Web Service employee in connection with the breach. And now, the Italian bank Unicredit and U.S. carmaker Ford have launched investigations into whether their data has been compromised by the same attack. A cybersecurity expert discovered a post by the hacker suggesting that she had stolen data from Unicredit. And on Wednesday, a spokesperson for the bank said it had, quote, contacted the relevant authorities and started a probe. Yesterday, a cybersecurity firm said it found screenshots from the hacker that suggested Ford and UK-based mobile telecoms operator Vodafone were, quote, likely to have been breached. Vodafone said it wasn't aware of information that related to the data breach. New York State's Attorney General is also investigating the Capital One hack. And Qualcomm is feeling the effects of a slowing global smartphone market and the tensions between the U.S. and China. As part of its third quarter earnings, the U.S. chipmaker turned an eye to later in the year. Looking ahead to the fourth quarter, Qualcomm warned of, quote, continued weakness in China. And they warned of Chinese telecoms company Huawei gaining market share in the country. Shares fell in after-hours trading following its quarterly update. Qualcomm said it expected sales of between $4.3 billion and $5.1 billion, compared to the $5.8 billion it brought in last year. It's also below the $5.7 billion expected by Wall Street. And here's a closer look at a story you should know more about. Mexico published its gross domestic product data yesterday. The country's economy registered second-quarter growth just above zero, barely dodging a technical recession. The release didn't do much to support the promises Mexican President Andres Manuel López Obrador made when he took office late last year. President Andres Manuel López Obrador was saying that over the six-year term of his government, he wanted growth to be 4%, and he's talked about 2% growth this year. That's the FT's Jude Weber in Mexico City. The Mexican president, known as AMLO, said yesterday that the country had woken up to good news. Jude has more on AMLO, his promises, and whether the president can realistically keep them going forward. One of his main promises, and it's quite intangible, is to eradicate corruption. This is the central tenet of his campaign. And his argument was that by freeing up money that would otherwise have gone on graft, you know, the whole economy would be more agile and would grow more. And he also believes in direct transfers. So his view was that if they give money directly to these people without an intermediary, it will go direct to the recipient. And that would mean that there wouldn't be any corruption and that will put more money in people's pockets. And with that, there'll be more consumption. So Jude, what are all of these budget cuts meant to accomplish? The budget cuts are precisely to be able to fund the social programs. I mean, he says his one of his favorite lines is that you can't have a rich government and a poor people. So he's just sort of taken a look at the budget and, and given very strict targets that individual ministries have to reduce their, their costs by. So his whole idea is just to streamline, to slim down the government, the government bureaucracy, so that you free up more money that he thinks can be used more productively to be able to fund the social programs. Has it worked? So it hasn't necessarily worked yet because what's happened is that the whole disbursement has been slowed down to such an extent that the economy, it slammed the brakes on the economy. And up until now, every time he's been confronted by reductions in, in forecasts, by 
banks or anybody really. He likes to say, I have other data and he smiles and he says, time will tell and it's, you know, we should all have faith and things will come round. The finance minister this week said that when he was asked, would he be modifying the government's forecast? He said that really the next date to watch for is the 8th of September when the budget has to be presented, the budget for 2020, and that's when they would make their forecast. So I think it's it's very obvious that, that we're not on track for the 2% growth that the president has promised, and we just have to see what their vision finally is. So with all that being said, what has this done to AMLO's popularity in the country? Oh, nothing. AMLO's popularity is still very high. There are a range of different polls that are conducted, but basically even the poll which gives him the least amount of support is still more than 60%. And there's a poll tracker which tracks all of the different polls and that still has his approval rating at 70% or above 70%. So it's still sky high. And I think that's because he's delivered on one thing to some extent that he said he would do, which is putting more money in the pockets of people sort of at the bottom of the social pyramid through these increased transfers and, and higher pensions and so forth. I say to some extent just because a lot of people said to me that they were still waiting for the promised aid to arrive. His popularity has been extremely resilient, and that's one of the indicators that he looks at the most. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. Today, we'll be following the Bank of England. Its Monetary Policy Committee is expected to keep UK interest rates unchanged, even though it's been signaling for months that a gradual, limited rise would be needed to stop inflation from rising above its target. Plus, Barclays and the U.S. grain processor Archer Daniels Midland are expected to report earnings. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. This is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit from a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.